Let's switch gears a little bit and get to the Cavs. Um, you know, Cavs ready to go. You know, we they played last night, got the win uh, against the, the Rockets. Um, Darius Garland, 26 points. Evan Mobley, 21 points, 10 rebounds. Um, no Donovan Mitchell. He's out uh, fourth game and five, four or five games with the growing injury. Guys, um, are you happy they got this dub or is this, this one of them games where it's on the schedule? You say, oh, no, they don't want 11 games. We better beat they them. They beat a G something. League team last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better win that game. If, you, if, if you're a legitimate playoff team, you better beat the Rockets. I don't care where that game is. That's a G League team. Oh. I tried watching it. They were up 30. I, it couldn't hold my interest. I shut it off. Yeah, Especially I, when the Rockets are on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. <laughs> oh, no man. excuse. Yeah. I mean, it was, no, they did what they needed to do. Uh, you know, I, there's not a whole lot to say about that. Game uh, uh, let, let me say that, you know, sometimes you need a game like that, right? You know, a couple heartbreakers here and there, a couple feel, tough losses. Feel good about you yourself. You feel good about yourself. <laughs> That's one of those feeling good about yourself. Yeah. I don't worry about your problems. I got yeah, problems. Yeah, I don't right. fix my own yeah, problems, right? right? Yep. And so, but I'll, I'll just say this as we talk about it. Because, uh, you know, people in this town, they panic, right? Like, oh, we're going to the we're going to the play-in. I was heard that last night at the gym. The Cavs going to be in the – I said, first of all, the Cavs not going to be in the play-in. Relax, mm -hmm. right? We only got 30 games to bring in here, and they're going to be okay. What we're trying to figure out is how to be in that upper tier to have a shot, right? Because if your goal is just to make the playoff, Jason, then you're in the wrong business, right? Your, your goal should be like, how do I advance? Do I have a chance? You think you think about it? We've beaten the Bucks. Yep. We've beaten the Celtics. Yep. Right? We've been competitive with others, right? So you have a shot. We're deficient in some areas. The one, the good thing I saw last night was this: JB did not play eleven people last night. Cut that rotation Cut down. down to like eight, right? Eight and a piece, right? Yeah. Which is the right rotation. The problem is, the coach. You can't be the friends of. You can't be a friend of everybody. Somebody gonna be mad. Somebody who was playing is going to be mad. He's going to come in on the bus, lips poked out. He's going to be walking by you in the practice, huffing and puffing. I'm going to just go get me some shots up. <laughs> yeah. Jason knows what I'm talking about. This has happened. He just seen, oh, yeah. seen him on the B team Gro court over there. Grown men <laughs> doing this, huffing and puffing, just whispering to other grown men about how they're being done. Talk bad. about come back here. Hey, hey, dog, I saved you a seat back here with me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> the coach don't know what he's doing, right? You can only play that number because that's how you establish rotation. Now, in that, you have to figure out in the rotation of the eight players or eight and a half players, do you have enough mustard to put on the dog? That's the question. You y'all y'all both been, man. You know what? Y'all been the the moderates, right? If it's conservative, liberal, y'all been moderate. Because from the beginning, y'all have said, "Now nah, they need a couple pieces," and we don't know if they can get them pieces. We just don't know. We'll just figure it out. Jason, when you see them lose to teams like the Knicks and not be able to close teams out late, is that a function of the growth? Is that a function of coaching? Because we're starting to hear coaching now. Um, oh, that's all over town. It's starting to hear coaching. <laughs> yeah. Or do you, are you starting to feel as if, you know, it's either coaching, Mobley, or they're young. That's and that's the things I'm hearing. It's an 82 game season. It is a long season. You're going to win games you should have lost, and you're going to lose games you should have won. And it's it is what it is. Yeah, they need to. They I agree with Brad. They need to address the three spot. I, it's correct that they don't have a lot of flexibility to do that with. They don't have any 
real draft capital nope. to trade. They don't have a lot of pieces. Karis Levert's probably their most appealing piece. Couple of firing contracts. Move. Yeah, so they're just like they went all in on Donovan, and not every team is perfectly built. Every team's going to have a hole here or there, and this is what they're like. They're just trying to piecemeal it together. I still think if Dean Wade could stay healthy, I think he's probably the long-term option at that three spot. You're probably not going to love that, but it allows. It allows JB to play the three big lineup that they had a lot of success with last year. Dean at least can make an open three. You know, he, he provides that weapon. You at least have to count for him on the floor, unlike Okoro, which teams just completely ignore defensively. I, I actually like Lamar Stevens for what they have right now at that spot. I think Lamar is at least a big body, can defend a little bit, can hit some shots here and there. He's not great, but... I want to see more out of Okoro. Okoro has hit some shots lately. He's hit a couple quarter he's, threes. He's, hit, he's gained some confidence. It was funny. I was talking to a scout. I was talking to a scout about Okoro a week ago. He's like, he's terrible. He can't shoot. I'm like, he's getting better. He's like, no, no, don't save it. He can't shoot. He's terrible. So the feeling around the league is not, hey, Isaac Okoro's figured uh, it out. The feeling out. around the league is Isaac Okoro stinks. He can't he didn't shoot. He figure that jumper out. So, yeah, they still have holes to fill. And. I, I don't know. I like. There's just no great answer to, to fill it at this get point. To, get to you. Get to you quick because this coaching thing has popped up here. The coaching thing has popped it is, up. It is swirling around. All right. Here's town. what I want to say about JB, and then I'll <laughs> okay, let you go. All right. JB is is this is his first real opportunity with a good team. Yeah. Okay. He got screwed in Memphis. He shouldn't have been fired. I said that before. He had, he was an interim in Houston. I, I really like the defensive mindset he's instilled in these guys. I do. Yeah, they have had a lot of late game problems, and where I fall on it is. He's a young coach figured it out for the yeah. first time. You have to give that's him the opportunity. Exactly. And that's why I that's why I felt like last year was a missed opportunity with the playoffs because JB needs that playoff experience mm-hmm. of playing a Boston or a Milwaukee in a seven-game series and watching the way that they counter what he's trying to do, the way that they'll blitz Darius on a pick and roll. Nobody does it during the regular season because they don't give a damn. It's March. You know, it's February on a Tuesday night. They're not going to play that hard. But in a postseason, they're going to blitz him and they're going to force the ball out of his hands or Donovan or whatever. And now what's your counter to that? What else can you come up with? And that's where I thought Ty Lue was sensational in playoff series. Now I want to see what JB can do. So I, I, I say this, right, to, to your point. They're great observations. They are, right? I can vouch for JB. You're not going to run JB out of this town, mm-hmm. right? He's not going to get run out of this town. JB comes from a good lineage. From, from his father, Bernie Bickstaff, who I played for. So I know Bernie knew the game, right? And I know JB was around. So the apple does not fall far from the tree. What he is doing is learning in real time what it is like down the stretch here to be making these spot decisions that the, not like I told Safansky, you're not going to read it off this sheet. Your eyes going to tell you what it is. Your, your instinct is going to tell you what it is. Now I will tell you, I, I, to your point, I like Dean Wade. I don't have anything against Dean Wade. Lamar Stevens not big enough to do what I need to have done, right? They have a problem. It's at the three. And it's not going to get resolved by anybody on this team. I can bring uh, Dean Wade off the bench, mm-hmm. Stevens off the bench, Okoro for spot things. You need a three. I don't have the money to buy a three. The only person out there available that you can pick up for nothing is Carmelo Anthony. That's it, right? Stop playing with me. Stop talking about Hardaway son. Stop talking about all that. Mm-mm. That's not going to solve your issue. Right, because the two horses you were right, the three horses you're riding are Garland, Mitchell, and Mobley. Those are the horses. They're not changing, right? That's where your investment is. So I don't need to incorporate another person. I just need a person to be a threat at the end of the game that people might pay attention to because if I didn't see anything else, when I saw the Memphis game, didn't nobody give a damn about nobody else except for Garland. Yeah. That's it. 
that's a problem. There is a there's for me. You're right. I don't I don't think there's anybody that they can get that's of any consequence that's going to make a difference, right? Now, what could happen and what I think it, it, my hope is is they unlock. I don't even think you need Evan Mobley to be unlocked skill-wise. I just think you need to unlock him mentally, mm-hmm. his mindset, right? And sometimes I, I think that they should get him the ball and sacrifice a little bit in the first half because when he when he has it going in the beginning, you know it's going to be one of them dead games. Evan Mobley is not a dude that you can feed in the second half and he'll say, I'll, I'll defer and get mine later. Right. You got to get him touches t- in the middle, ready to go, shooting the first few times, and then he's, play- he's ready to go. You only got one problem with that. The others have to buy into that. Let me tell you, this is, the, I, and I said it yesterday on this show, <laughs> the... NBA is the antithesis of what real basketball is. Real basketball is we share the ball, everybody gets a touch. We all play, we all play well in the sandbox together. Mm-hmm. NBA don't work like that. You have to carve out your space. Now you watch other teams. I know some people watch. If you watch NBA basketball, right, and the go-to players who are very productive, look at their face when somebody waves them off or don't bring them the ball. Right, it's a problem, <laughs> right? And you have to carve that space out so that the other person know. Damn, I better drop this into him because if he don't, it's gonna be a problem for does me later. Does JB on. have to do that, or does Mobley? Have Mobley to has to do, to do that. that. Well, <laughs> I think it can be JB too. I, you know, I mean, your Kyrie and LeBron were two of the most bullheaded players I've ever come across in my life. Who got the first touch of the game every time Kevin down? Love. Ke- Kevin Love. First play was for Kevin every time. Ty got Kyrie and LeBron to buy into that. Kevin goes first. Get him involved. Get him the first touch. You can do that with these guys. These guys are a lot more that, malleable and coachable than Kyrie and LeBron. That's like were. a kid getting a lollipop. Stop playing with me. No, it's <laughs> I not. I need a steady diet of this. No, no, Jason. What, what, what needs to happen is that he has to carve out his space, and he knows that I'm going to get these touches because I'm productive. Is that I got to go to him. I don't know that yet. He's still young. We're trying to figure Super this out. Young. Man, just turn on any game out here of any NBA team, real team, not no, uh, not the Rockets, right? A real team. And <coughs> see, when you don't go to Harden, when you don't go to Embiid, when you don't go to them players, what their faces look like. And then watch who's in somebody's ear giving somebody the business Tell them you didn't come my way. So, so let me let me ask you, you didn't play with good point guards, right? You didn't play with great point guards. You didn't play with guys who, who are distributors escorts. If you are Isaiah Thomas, right? You know you get yours whenever, right? Mm-hmm. As a point guard, don't you think, okay, after a certain point in time, I understand the game to know I can get mine whenever I need it. But for us to beat this particular team, I need that guy to do something, yeah. so I gotta see him. Uh, is is that something Darius Garland has involved? Garland into? said this the other day. He said I need. He said I need Mobley to be a little bit more greedy, yeah. right? I, but I need Mobley to be a little more greedy, right? Yeah. yeah. Mobley got to want to be greedy. The yeah. other thing is this here. I'm playing with De- Isaiah in Detroit, right? I remember we were in a game, and I'm rolling, right? We we get the ball on the break. Isaiah gets the ball. He pushes it up, pass up to me on the break. So I'm I'm about to go off. I'm about to go with this thing. I had that ball in my hand two seconds before Isaiah was screaming back. Give it back because you ain't got nothing. <laughs> I'm like, how you mean I ain't got nothing? You behind me. <laughs> I didn't already saw it. <laughs> I got the crystal ball. You don't got nothing. Uh, <laughs> but to, but to, to your point, I think it was I, I think it was Mike Conley that said this uh, when he was playing with Zach Randolph. Like this is the the next level elite point guards. This is, it's it's what you were touching on. They know 
hey, Zebo ain't touched it the last three times down the floor. I got to get him a touch. Yeah, yeah. I got to get him a look. Yeah. Yeah. The, the really the guys who can process the game quickly at a high level understand that. It's they yeah. understand they've got to keep these guys in, involved in, or they are going to pout. They are going to sulk. You know, it's been four trips down. He ain't had a look yet. I got to get him. He's going to be taken out soon. Yep. I got to get him this touch before they yank him out of the game. I'm, I'm going to prove your point. So my daughter is playing point guard at Maryland, right? So they're number nine, number 10. They're on the move. They got a girl that's going to be drafted in the top three of the WNBA, right? I told her, I said, what you have to do is you can get yours off anytime you want to. Mm-hmm. I said, you have to check the scoreboard. You have to know the situations and see who's going and who's not going. And if they're not going, you know you got to get them going yep. because they got to help you, right? You can always come back and say, I'm going to recall my own number right now because I can do that. I said, but you have to be cognizant of who's out here, making sure that the people that need to have touches get touches. That way, you keep them involved and engaged, and that way, the team gets better. You can't come down here and jack every shot up because – yeah, I can beat this person every time. I'm a suit auto. That's not going to work. And here. that's why it's so hard for, and not impossible, but it's hard for your point guard to be your number one option on offense because they have so many other responsibilities mm-hmm. and they're trying to keep everyone involved. I mean, Chris Paul's been number one on his teams before, but that's the exception. That's not the norm. You want someone besides your point guard yeah. to be your number one option offense. And those, those ball dominant point guards are very popular. You talk to people in the league. Do you like Chris Paul? 90, oh. they like, no, I don't like it because he's that. Dem- oh, I remember I was in Utah the night Kyrie had like 34 points and no assists. That was the thing that he had zero assists. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of unhappy guys leaving that locker room. You know, you remember when Isaiah was going when he was early in Detroit going mm-hmm. for almost 30 a night. Yeah, right? yeah. And then as the team got better, you know what he ended up doing? And, he, and even when I got there with the Pistons, he could still score. But he was deferring to Dumars, uh, Aguirre, making sure they all got involved. Right, and he did the night. He'd have twelve or thirteen points. Easy could have went for thirty if he wanted to just start jacking, but that wasn't gonna win. And that's when they start winning. We yeah. was like, listen, let me get other people involved in here. Yeah. And when you need me to go for twenty-seven, thirty, I can do that yeah. on you. That's when. That's when Carl Malone split his head open <laughs> now, up in Utah. And you know what? Speaking of delivering and sharing the ball, I me mean, Nuggets, you got something, man? What's up? Yeah, we should have Albert Breer here any second. As soon as he hops in, we'll bring him in. But. I'm sure you guys saw Donovan Mitchell named the Eastern Conference All-Star starter last night yes. alongside Kyrie Irving in the backcourt, Giannis Tatum and Durant in the frontcourt. The Western Conference All-Stars also named Zion Williamson's only played 50% of the games this year, but the fans voted him in. Until Breer gets on, do you guys like fans having a say in who starts in the All-Star game, or do you think it should be a more merit-based decision? Well, I think, it, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it 50% fan, yeah. 25% yeah. Uh, media. media, and 25% player, right? Yeah. I like the way they do it. I like the I, I like, I like, the I like the, It's a checks and balance yep. because if you leave it only in the fans' oh, hands, man, they're going to have a, ridiculous. This is a, this a, this a stuff the ballot. Yeah, uh, they're just going <laughs> to vote for their favorite players. If you leave it up to the players, they're just going to vote for their friends. Yep. And there's, there's a lot of contract incentives on all-star bonuses and oh, stuff yeah. like that. There's a lot of money at stake in these things. And people don't, like, people don't trust the media, and people don't want the media to yeah. be and, – and I agree, but I think the media should be sort of the level voice between and, the fans and the players. And when you looked at the starters, I didn't have a problem with any of the starters. No, no. I didn't. I, I, didn't I, I did not have a problem with anybody that was named the starter. I, you, you know, the thing even is, Zion, Brad, even though he's only played half the season. The problem Zion has played very, very well in the time he has played, right? So number who, one ability. So, what is it? So who? So, so who was going? Who was going? Who was going to start over Zion? Tell me. 
people want to see him play. No, uh, no, no. Yeah, Tell me who's going to start over Zion. Especially the Western Conference. Yes, I want to see So, bonus on Sacramento. No. Unbelievable So, first of all, Sabonis is not no all-star. Stop playing with me. Oh, yes, he is. No, he ain't no starting all-star. Yeah, he ain't no starter. You can make that. No. So, bonus has been so good this year. I didn't say, no, I didn't say he wasn't good. He wasn't no starter. Like, all-star is a little different. Like, when you starting, that means, like, you you If Sabonis is on the Lakers, he'd be an all-star starter. Man. He would be. Fact. He would but, be. No, if if was, he was in New York, if, he'd if be Sabonis an all-star was on starter. the Lakers, he wouldn't be you, touching hey, the ball. Do you want to do a little <laughs> stats real quick? Hey. Start. starter. Yeah. Put him out. I'm going to read you two stat lines. You tell me who's doing each. Blind okay. resume test. Resume one, 26 points per game, seven rebounds, 4.6 assists. Second, uh, 18.9 points per game, 12.4 rebounds, 7.3 assists. Both their PERs are in the top five in the league. Sabonis, so, so Sabonis so is the 18 with the seven. He, that's a, no, Sabonis is the second one. Yeah, yeah Bonus a, is the second. Sabonis so is 19, eight. 13, yeah. and eight, yeah. as opposed to Zion at 26, seven, and four. Yeah. He's Sabonis so is really good. I, I, really I didn't say here. Sabonis so daddy was good. Right, so yes, he was. and Sabonis has played but, 21 more games than Zion. I don't care. He ain't no starter. You <laughs> can I give you all the stats he wants. Sabonis not? not a starter because he's not. Why? He just not. Why? Because he, he ain't at that level. Skill set. He ain't that level. On skill. He ain't that level. I would. I wouldn't classify Sabonis as no like. He, he didn't have the name, and That's he didn't it. have the sexy Zion name. It ain't game, about that. But he's he don't a have hell of a player. When when you are named a starter in the NBA All Star game, that means something. Like you got something, right? And Sabonis name is not gonna roll off nobody's lips. It's not. He, now who, he's who, still a great where, player. Where does Sabonis? I want to see where Sabonis. The players put Sabonis. Does he? Have, do you have the votes for that? Uh, let me see if I can look. Because they got a breakdown. Yeah, on, they did have a breakdown. I saw it earlier on ESPN. I don't remember where it was. I'll find it. Give me one sec. Well, I, will, I will say this: Are you guys surprised that that um, Garland is, it did not? I wasn't surprised. No, no, I mean, the, uh, the East is stacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm surprised there uh, for Mitchell started because you you had to leave Tatum uh, like the front court. Like no, no, you no. started. The man you, scored 70 no, points. If you, looked at, if you looked at if you looked at the way Donovan Mitchell played all year, everybody in the world know that. Yeah, that, he that, started. That, that, that he a starter. By the way, I think the the players named him number one, uh, and I think the fans. No, it was the, it was the media. I think the media. E- either way, I think they, they voted him number one. But are you surprised, Darius? Do you think Darius Garland will make the All-Star team? I got your numbers. I got your numbers. All right, go ahead. Do you want the player rank, the media rank, or the fan rank first? No matter. For who? For Sabonis? Sabonis, give me, give Sabonis me, and Zion. All right, give, give, me, me, give, me, some, give me Sabonis Give me first. Sabonis. We know where Zion is. Okay, so, well, I'll do, do side by side. All right. The player ranks. Zion was third. Sabonis was fourth. Okay. Okay. So right there. They, players think he's nice. Okay. Fan vote. There you go. No. He's Fan fourth. vote. So Zion was that's still a starter. That's a four is a starter. Keep, keep coming. Who, who you got? Fan vote. Zion fourth. Sabonis ninth. That's because the fans don't. Okay. They don't know Media who. vote. Zion fourth. Sabonis third. There you go. The media. Oh. Who, who covers Sacramento? <laughs> Do you know who finished real quick? Do you know no, 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 no. Who covers Sacramento? That's, that's, I don't know. Nobody. I, 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 <laughs> and yet we still got it right. Nobody. So but, did, oh, it was like real quick. Do you know who finished fourth overall in most front court Western Conference votes? It was a Jokic, right? Lloyd Markkinen. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, fourth, right. Fourth. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, it, it, is he on the team? No, yeah. he's gonna, he gonna, he gonna make it. They didn't make the reserves yet. 
They didn't right. they, they name the reserves yet. But he's going to make it. See how Jason Most is? Likely. Jason's already going. He'll reserve. He's, <laughs> he's, he's on the team. Marketing's <laughs> on the team. So, 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 so if marketing don't make the team, what's wrong? They, no, hold on, what, no, I want to hear him say it before. If he don't make the team, He's going to make the team. He's going to make the team. There's no debate. He's going to make the team. Sabonis is going to be an all-star. It's just he's not a star. So, Sacramento should have two no, all-stars. No, Sabonis is going to make the all-star team. He's, he's just start, had though. a starter. He's yeah. not a starter. Now, is Darius Garland going to make the team? No. That's a real question. Uh, that's a real question. I think no. Injury replacement. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. The, everyone pulls out, and the fact that Pause. it's in Salt Lake City, they don't want to go to Salt Lake City, and the fact that it's a cold-weather city for the second year in a row – the ones that were like we're thrilled to have the all-star experience last year here are definitely going to check out. So there's going to be guys that I don't know about that, Jason. Who, who's they going to put him over? Jay, hold on, hold on. They love The veterans drop all the time. Phantom hamstring injuries a week before the NBA all-star game. You're the media report. The players actually like going to Salt Lake City. Then how come they all get hamstring injuries a week before? They, they no, I said an all-star game. Hear me now. Just they want an all-star weekend. I heard some Michael stories about yeah, Salt they, Lake City. They actually like going to Salt Lake City. Like, I've, like, I've, like, I've heard now. the Michael stories that we cannot talk go, about go, on the air. Go look back at the players that played in Salt Lake hey. and don't leave. <laughs> now, look. They're still living in Salt Lake. I will say, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you this, though. All-star weekend, like, People talk about that like this is new freak Nick or something. It bro. is in the right, all-star in, weekend in people in people, the right place set people sell their souls regular civilians. I need to go to all-star and it'd be like it'd be you always know when it is because you see some of the hottest looking people in the world. They'd be like, yeah, I'm going to all-star weekend. I'm like, who do you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're pretty hot. You know everybody out there. Yeah, people be going to all-star yeah, weekend. Yeah. Boys. I think they had a uh, when it was in Cleveland last year. Oh, was it? Who had the party in Pepper oh. Pike? Was it Cardi B? Shaq. Oh. No, no, no. Was it Cardi B or Nicki Minaj? They rented a house in Pepper Pike, and this thing turned to the Freak Nick party. Hey, like, they said it was, I, I think I was at a mayor's meeting. They were like, <laughs> oh was, how legendary this thing was. I'm like, this. Hey, I get this. Hey, 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 listen. Hey, hey, McNuggets, I'm not GNN until I get invited to one of these parties. I don't, <laughs> that Me don't too. count. Me Unless too. somebody, if Jason, look, we need to use look, all the athletics look, funds. And this, hey, G, hey, G, the all-star game where people were downtown, they weren't in downtown. Town, they was out in Pepper. Yeah, they, they, it's the satellite <laughs> they, weren't, moves. they weren't nowhere near downtown. Uh, the soft underbelly <laughs> of All Star Weekend. Y'all we want to hear Darius Garland's rankings in the Eastern Conference backcourt? Yeah, come yeah. On. mind you, there's only two starters here, yeah. which is Kyrie and Donovan Mitchell. Okay. okay. In the player vote, Garland finished seventh among Eastern Conference guards. Okay. Not that bad. In the fan vote, he finished tenth, and in the media rank, he finished sixth. He got a shot. He's right on the fringe. He's on, he's on the shot. Of the, he got a shot. He's a shot on the injury report. But but <laughs> Halliburton should be in before him, though. Halliburton will definitely make it above him. Well, Jalen Brown will definitely make yes. it above him. Can we? Who else? The, well, the question is, do you put him over Trey Young? Trey Young's finished like 12th among 12th. the players. They don't, Trey Young is not likable. Trey, Trey Young's hated around the league. Yeah, his That's teammates crazy. don't even outside like of, him. Outside of Atlanta, <laughs> nobody likes Trey Young. It's kind of. I don't the think they like him in Atlanta. The way he no, it's a, well, it's a good point actually. <laughs> right, they're trying to get him a light. But the way Trey Young's trajectory when they reached the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, when yeah. Ben Simmons passed up the dunk, yeah. and they were the talk of the town, they were the second coming, the next team up in the East, and they have free fault since then, and they traded three first round picks for Dejounte Murray, who does not mesh at all with Trey Young. It's a disaster in Atlanta. They're gonna blow that thing out. Yeah, that's everybody's, that's, everybody's getting fired. Yeah, that, that, like this, that's, that's the, the thing. Going. He's the first dude I've ever seen. 
where you average that many points and assists, and I'd be like, that's empty stats. He's like, to, it's the first person. I'm like, you average 30 and like an 11. And it's the most meaningless 30 and 11 I've ever seen in my life. Is it any different than what was going on in Oklahoma? <laughs> you know no. what's funny about that? <laughs> That's the same thing. You know what's funny about that is he was he was on campus the same time as Baker was. And I went and did like a big Baker story. I went to Oklahoma to do this big piece on Baker. And, and, and to see Trey Young and Baker now, like, they, they, ain't nobody like either one ain't of those nobody guys. rocking with them. Like, it's just... <laughs> What is, now, it, what is it? Them Sooners? Yeah. Now I will. Now I will say this. Now I, I just will be, and this is off the topic, but um, this guy, this this seven foot three guy, I need y'all to definitively get on the Wemby. Yeah, on oh. the record. Yo, he's y'all, y'all who dudes. Now, now, I, y'all done heard he's KD. I done heard that he is Giannis. LeBron. LeBron. Uh, LeBron. The next LeBron. You got. Come on. Y'all, y'all telling me that dude is that nice. I ain't never seen him play. I, I can only I, go I off with everybody else's. So I, I can't say I put a full set of eyeballs on him yet. But from what I read and the highlights I've seen. The people that I talk to that yeah, know. That have seen him, they say, yeah. 100%. He's they say, real. this is it. This yeah. is it. Shut up. This yeah. is great. Go ahead, Big Nuggets. No, he, he's putting up some crazy stats in a really good European hey, league. Hey, hey, Mikey, tell me what Jared Allen's uh, – uh, in the Eastern are, Conference yeah, the Eastern front Conference. court. Yeah. All right, give me one sec. This will be the last thing we do. Breer was supposed to join us at 12. He hasn't called in yet. So after we do this Jared Allen thing, we're going to go to our bold predictions okay. and playoff picks. We'll get to that. I'll explain how we're doing that. And as soon as Breer hops on with us, we will hope bring him in. Uh, Jared Allen in the player rank. Jared Allen came in eighth. Mm. Fan vote, 12th. Mm. Media rank, fifth. But they only could list five. So there's like 50 players with fifth. Like he's fifth. Kelly Oubre Jr. is also fifth, which means he got Kelly Oubre Jr. For what? It's only one. You can only vote for five players. So, so if you're it's five, top four and then everybody else. Others yeah. receiving votes, basically. Oh, oh, got, yeah. got you. Ah, I see what you're saying. Like, you want to hear some of the other names in the same category as Allen on that, just for fun? Uh, TJ Warren in Brooklyn, Jetty Osmond, and Jared Allen in the same rank on oh the uh, media vote. Yeah, Someone stop. messed around with that. Uh, who stop. else? Yuta Wanatube on the Brooklyn Nets. Caleb Martin. Kelly Oubre Jr., Bobby Portis. So, yes, you can ignore that. Right. Yeah, ignore get, that. get it. That's, that's yeah, about it. Um, I, I, will say, I will say this, though. Uh, Jared, Jared Allen and uh, Evan Mobley together defensively is crazy. That's tough. I mean, they, they, they crazy. Like, the, the way – like, if I just think about it. If they had another three that was like a like a athletic three and D type dude – their defense would be ridiculous. Right. I would almost say those that they can win a championship those, just on defense. Those are hard to find. Very difficult. <laughs> Very difficult. Uh, uh, I see in the YouTube chat, someone asked about John Morant real quick. He finished third in all three, just outside of the two stars in the Western Conference. So here's how we're going to do bold predictions for our NFL Conference Championships. Anthony okay. and I both made graphics. Okay. Everyone send them in. Get your, get your faces ready. Okay. As you guys know, I'm a graphic designer extraordinaire oh we know so we are going to show you my version my graphic version of your guys bold predictions then you have to guess what it really is we'll show you anthony's real version mm-hmm. and then either happy face or sad face on how i did you guys ready bulls yes. up first steve let's see bull bulls bold prediction for the afc conference championship game uh anyone have a guess what that is 
I nailed this one. Oh, I, I got this one. I need this. Oh, Eli, Eli Apple, Apple. Uh, gets a pick six. Nailed it. <laughs> G. Bush for the dub. Let's see the real one, Steve. Let's go back up to 108 here. Adam the Bull, who is just sick, he will be back with us as soon as he's healthy, boldly predicts that Eli Apple will back up his smack talk and have a pick six against Patrick Mahomes. So you want these faces? So yeah, now, happy or sad? Did I do a good job or bad job? Oh, you nailed that. I nailed oh, it. You mean, Beautiful. Nailed oh, you want to know who, if, it was, if it was legit? Yeah. If, if it was legit. How his graphic. Oh, however oh, you oh, feel oh, about oh, my graphic. Oh, oh, oh your, your graphic. graphic. Yeah, you like that, it, give me a happy face. If you hate it, it give me the. All right, man, here you go. Here you go. I need that. I need that. Brad has the least happy, happy face of all. <laughs> yeah, nah. It's semi-surprise. <laughs> it's semi-surprise. Okay, G. Bush, before I show yours, do you remember what your bold prediction was? Even better. That means G. Bush is going to guess on his own. Steve, <laughs> let's take my version of G. Bush's bold prediction. You have it. Here you go, guys. Okay. <laughs> I know what this oh, is. Oh yeah. Gee, don't tell anybody yet. The, the, I got and it. And we have Albert Breer, so we're gonna end after this one. We're gonna bring Albert in to join us in a sec. It's easy money. I can't believe y'all didn't get this one. All right, let's let's show him Anthony's. Let's show him Anthony's, our real graphic designer. Get it? Brock Purdy plays lights out. Okay. Yeah. As Niners roll to the Super Bowl. G. Bush, I got you, baby. Not, a, not as much of a fan on that one. The, the, I don't like that one. The rollerblade was throwing me off. I, skate. That's, I, know, I, 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 I said it. somebody was skating to something. I liked it. Yeah. It's a split panel. No, it's okay. I, like we'll it. I, I liked it. I, it I, we I, will I, finish this later, but right know. now we're going to welcome know. Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated. And Albert, appreciate you taking some time to uh, hang out with us today. How you doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How you guys doing? Good, Albert. Albert, look over your left shoulder. What's on the second shelf right there? Oh, this guy. You see that right Which there? One? Left shoulder, left shoulder. I'm talking shoulder. to a bucket. My left? That's yeah. my high. Oh, that oh, right man. there. You see that right there? Yeah, baby. Got yeah, two, baby. It's actually like Eli Apple's helmet from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not serious. Do you see, you see the 13 there? Uh, I think from the championship year, if I remember right. So, see, yeah. See. Wow. And you know, I see quality goods. When I recognize them, I know they're quality goods. Man, well, we got a couple of, like championship SI covers back there too. Um, yeah, yeah, this place I, is all decked out. Albert, let me let me get into this. I think he, I heard you on another platform talking about this a little bit. We were talking about the Browns' biggest needs uh, going into you know this this off season, mm. and a lot of people um, <laughs> say defensive tackle, right? A lot of people say go get a defensive tackle, but. For me, I asked Jason this too. I think the the more bang for your buck is that receiver. I, I think you'll get a quicker turn on re, an investment. I think it's easier to find a receiver maybe outside of the draft to use and, and to get. Um, do you think the number one priority is defensive tackle or would you say because of Deshaun Watson receiver might be just edging out defensive tackle? Well, I think like just to compete right now in the environment that you have in the NFL and you look at like what you're going to be up against and you look at what the teams you're going to have to go through to win in the AFC um, have, you know, it's you have to be able to score and you have to be able to score in bunches. And, um, you know, you see the way that Cincinnati was able to jump all over the bills on Sunday with Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and then that was a Bills team that rolls Stefan Diggs out there. And, you know, I, I on Sunday, like, even though, like, the, the Chiefs don't have Tyree Kill anymore, they still have a, a, a good volume of guys. And, you know, Travis Kelsey, obviously a top-end tight end. 
and also Juju Smith-Schuster and Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Sky Moore. And so, you know, I, I, I think part of, you know, part of um, winning in the NFL right now is winning the envi- winning in the environment that you're in. And mm. the environment in the AFC right now is such where, you know, I think you've got to be able to score with these teams. And so I, I think the Browns certainly have to ask that question is, do you have enough skill talent around the quarterback? I think the offensive line is good enough. Um, and I think they've done a good job just stocking those positions and being in a good position there. And, you know, certainly the tackles with Wills and Conklin. And, you know, I, I think the, I, I think, you know, beyond Amari Cooper, you do have some questions at receiver and, um, you know, thankfully for the Brown, the one thing is like we've seen over the last couple of years, receivers tend to come available um, in the off season. Like last year at this point, no one would have thought Tyree kill or AJ Brown would have been, been available. They were, you know, and then there should be some opportunities in the draft too. Um, and it doesn't have to be in the first round, which is good for the Browns because they don't have a first round pick. Albert, that's kind of the point I made earlier was I thought you could find a receiver in the second round who could play right away and help yeah. you win, but you might have a harder time finding a tackle or defensive end. So go the free mm-hmm. agency route for tackle or end. But who re- realistically, uh, Deron Payne's probably going back to Washington, right? Like, <coughs> I, he'd be a terrific fit in Cleveland, but I can't believe the commanders would let him go. So realistically, who really is going to be available to help them along the front four in free agency? Jason, I'm going to plead ignorance here. I wish I, I had my free agent list up in front of me. Yeah, um, I know. I, I know. I, 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 I do think like that's a position that you can address, you know, in the draft. And I, I, I think if you, if you look at like some of the guys that, you know, have come into the league over the last few years and, you can find guy now. I, I mean, you can't find there aren't very many like high 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 end guys. Um, you know, like so if you're talking about finding like a Fletcher Cox or an Aaron, like obviously an Aaron Donald um, or a guy in that level, um, those are few and far between. But can you find guys to sort of fill out the depth chart? You can find those guys. You know, so you know, like a, a, a Mozzie Smith from Michigan is probably going to be available to you in the second round. Is somebody like him worth a swing? You know, I think that those are the sorts of answers that you will be able to find. And again, I'd have to look at the, the veteran market, but um, you know, I, I, I think generally, you know, when you're looking at guys along the defensive line on the veteran market, you probably be t- looking at guys, the level below drawn Payne. and I'll pull up the list now, if that's helpful to you guys. Uh, because well, I just haven't done all my all my work on uh, on free agency quite. Well, yet. while we're talking defense, how many how much change do you think? Because Browns haven't made any changes to the defensive staff other than Joe Woods, obviously, and bringing in Jim Schwartz. Yeah. I would think Jim's going to want his own guys in here. So, how long do you think it'll be before they start making changes and Jim starts? Like, do we have to get after the Super Bowl, or when do you start thinking defensive staff turnover could start? Well, I, by the way, the other name I would give you here, um, Javon Hargrave could be an interesting yeah, name that's Philly. available with the Eagles, yeah. you know, from Philly. Like, I, you know, he's an excellent, excellent player. He's come on for them. He's one of their best players right now. Are they going to be able to afford to keep him with all the different guys they're playing or they're paying? That would be one who wouldn't be, you know, he's a little older, so he wouldn't be a long-term answer, but somebody who could fill a hole for you, Sheldon Rankin. So there are some names out there, some guys that are relatively accomplished. Um, I would say that the one benefit, like if you, if you want to look at, um, at the difference between the candidates, right. The one benefit in hiring Jim Schwartz over a Brian Flores, you know, or a, um, 
or you know or Gerard Mayo, you know guys that I think were under heavy consideration by the Browns, is Schwartz is a little bit closer schematically to what Joe Woods was doing, and so I think that helps you on a couple fronts. It helps you with your coaches and that your coaches are going to probably be more adaptable to what Jim Schwartz is going to do. Um, and I think the other piece of it is that your personnel is probably not going to need to be flipped upside down. Whereas if you were going to stock the cupboard for a Brian Flores or a Gerard Mayo, I think you'd be talking about relatively wholesale change in the way that you fill out your front. So I actually think like that is one of the benefits, you know, of, of hiring Schwartz is, you know, the guys that you already have in house are probably pretty adaptable to how he wants to play defense. Well, I, I would say this. Here's a question, Albert. Are the Browns, the Browns window of opportunity, you know, with the bodies we have, we don't have a lot of bandwidth, I don't think, before this thing starts to get frayed if it doesn't go the right way. So mm. is it better for the Browns to really get in the free agent market to find the DT well, and then use the pick on, use the pick on something that can hit quickly, right? That's where, that's where our, right. our, our problems seem to be. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, what you're getting at is probably like like you guys had said earlier that the receiver might be able to contribute faster. And recent history tells us you can find receivers in the second round. I mean, I, I go back to the 2019 draft and the amount of guys who were taken outside of the first round um, that hit, you know, and it wound up being better than the first rounders that year. So you want to go down the list, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and Debo Samuel we're all outside wow. of the first round that year. Mm. Wow. So, and, and there's a history of this too. Like that's not unusual. Like Michael Thomas was, yeah. was a, was a second rounder. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of examples of guys who not only could play outside of the first round at receiver, but could play early. And that's sort of a result of what's happening in the sport in general. That so many of the best athletes are gravitating towards that position. Um, and so you have guys that are, playing a lot of seven on seven, catching the ball a lot. They're in pass happy offenses in college and they're competing with other great athletes for playing time. So by the time they get to the NFL, they're a little bit more ready to compete. I would say this about like their general approach to the off season. Um, look, I think to some degree, Kevin Stefanski and his staff were given a mulligan. Now I know Joe Woods is gone, but I think to some degree, like I think people looked at people inside that organization looked at the position that those coaches were put in with Deshaun Watson missing the first 11 games of the year and said, that's a really difficult situation for any coaching staff to navigate. That's gone now. So, you know, I think there's pressure on a lot of people inside that building to win now to prove that they can be the right people to work with Deshaun Watson now. And so, you know, I think it sort of behooves everyone in that building if they're being tested this year to be aggressive in how they build the team. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think, you know, wanting to get more out of Deshaun Watson is, is definitely a piece of this, um, you know, but also like the ownership wanting to get the answers on Kevin Stefanski and whether or not he's the right guy um, to, to lead this group in 2024, I think is a part of it too. So, yeah, I, I, that's why I think that there's a chance that they've got a big swing or two in them um, on the veteran market. And that's why I think they have to be aggressive in building the team, because I do think not for everybody in the organization, but for certain people in the organization, this is shaping up to be a really, really important year. Uh, Albert, what what do the league and the executives and the people you're hearing um, from? What are their thoughts about Deshaun Watson coming off the season that he had? Is there, are they still high on him? 
or has he slipped a little bit? Um, you know, I think that there's, I would say it's like TBD, you know, I, I would say I, the, the pieces of feedback I've gotten from even people inside the Browns building is they aren't sure how good a fit the offense that Kevin Stefanski has been running the last few years is for Deshaun Watson. And that maybe there was a little bit of like that awkwardness where it's all right, we're building this offense for the other 10 guys in the huddle as well, but we have to build it for Deshaun. And Oh, by the way, Deshaun's not going to be there for the first 11 games of the season. So we have to get the team ready to play over the first 11 weeks of the season while still trying to build in stuff for Deshaun. You know, I think what this off season is going to do is going to afford them the chance to build an offense for Deshaun Watson. And I think that that could wind up looking different than what they've done over Kevin Stefanski's first three years, where what they've run is really sort of a, an offshoot of Gary Kubiak's offense out of that Shanahan family. Um, so I, I, I think that there's going to be change schematically in what they do. Um, I think there's probably going to be more of an effort to play Deshaun out of the gun to get him um, to, to get the field spread out a little bit more, which, you know, could necessitate better numbers at receiver. And, um, you know, I, I think get him in a position where he's doing the things that he was comfortable doing in Houston and the things he was comfortable doing in Clemson at Clemson. A lot of people don't realize this, but that's sort of what Billy O'Brien did with Deshaun Watson when Deshaun was at his best, you know, in Houston is they were borrowing ideas and concepts from Clemson to try to bring his greatest strengths out. So that's why I think that this is going to be a pretty important set of OTAs, mini camp, and then of course training camp in figuring out who you want to be offensively now that Deshaun Watson is going to be your quarterback for a full year. So what does that look like? I think it looks, I, I think again, like I think you, you, Jason, you go back and you look at the things he did well at Clemson and you look at like how um, at Clemson and in Houston, they used him they didn't use they didn't you they didn't like oh they didn't tax him as a runner that much but they used the threat of him running mm -hmm. a lot and you know you sort of look at the run game that they had there um in houston under billy o'brien and you know and then you know at clemson and there was always a threat of him running which opened things up in the running game which you, you could use nick chubb that way um and then building the passing game off of that and, uh, you know, I, I think what it did was it allowed Deshaun to play really fast and get the ball out of his hands fast. And he's got great arm talent, you know, and he's accurate. And so there are so many things that he does well. Why not highlight those things? I think the main thing is just getting him playing fast. I, I, I do think there was a feeling that the way that they played offense there um, last year and the way the scheme worked may have slowed him down a little bit. And I think the idea is going to be to try to speed him back up where the offense just has a, I'd say a sleeker look to it where things are happening faster and the defense is having to react to what the Browns are doing quicker. So what is, Albert, what does that do to Chubb's numbers? Cause you sent him back in the gun, right? What's that going to yeah. do to Chubb? I, I think it actually could wind up opening stuff up for him. You know, like I do think like, you know, it, I, and look, like if you look at Clemson's backs over the years, I guess Travis Etienne's probably the best example of it. When you're playing that way, um, you know, you, you, you generally want players who excel in space. And Chubb's a little bit of a different guy than that, you know. Mm -hmm. But I still think, like, there's a place for a guy like Nick Chubb in this and that 
if you can get Deshaun Watson as a real run threat out there, use that to kind of spread the defense horizontally. And, you know, then you've got the threat of him pulling the ball and throwing it 30 yards downfield. Now you, you, you could have a defense that's sort of stretched out and you've got like this hammer of a tailback running right into the middle of it, you know? So it's different. Like, I think, I think it looks different um, than it looks different than maybe what you guys have been used to and watching one of the best backs in football perform over the last few years. But I would say like, look at like the example of Isaiah Pacheco, you know, in, in Kansas city. And that's not to say like Clyde Edwards Hilaire wasn't a good fit, but um, you know, there's a reason why they're using Pacheco more. And a big part of it is because to play against the chiefs now, you want to put speed on the field, right? Yeah. You want to have people who can run with their receivers. You want to have people who can chase down Patrick Mahomes, who can keep up with him when he, when he plays outside of structure. Well, you know, if you're putting more speed on the field, you're probably getting smaller out there and you're probably putting extra defensive backs out there. Right. And now when you've got a guy who runs like Isaiah Pacheco coming at them, that's a real freaking problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I think that's sort of the idea here is like, like Nick Chubb can be the guy who can make you pay for doing different things to deal with that sort of offense. So here, here's a question. I heard this floating around yesterday. Yeah. In the ethos. What if the Browns were to move Chubb for a bunch of a bunch of wealth, right? And then get another back. If you say if you're saying here's the put, problem, what can you get for him at this point? For Chubb? Yeah. Oh, a great deal if somebody doing their doing their business. A great deal. I mean, deal. I, I don't think I, so. I understand he's a great more than player. a second. He's a great he's a great player. All right. Like and I don't want I don't want anybody to mistake what I'm saying here. He's a fantastic player. I'm just telling you the market at that position in the NFL is really, really soft and has been for a while. And we, you can see it in what backs get in free agency and when a guy has mileage like Chubb has mileage, teams are hesitant to give up high end capital for him. So would you in other words, up- you look at him right now, right? So he's got five years on his legs mm-hmm. and he's been a bell cow in, in, in Cleveland. So he's gotten the ball a lot, right? If you're a team, the way you're looking at it is, would I trade a second round pick uh-huh. for him? Well, that second round pick is going to be on my roster on the cheap for four years. How many years are you getting out of Chubb? If you trade for him, like how many what, years does he have before he starts to feel it? Well, uh, uh, well, you know, you know the life of a running back. But uh, give me to uh, uh, what about this? I take Chubb, send him to Dallas for Pollard, and give me some other people beside Pollard. You think Jerry well, Jones Pollard's would go a for free it? agent? But I'll take I'll take your like aren't <laughs> so like if if the, if the cow if Cowboy, but I'll, I'll take your your idea, right? Okay. If the Cowboys trade for for Chubb. Aren't they just sort of trading for Zeke Elliott two no, years ago? No, because Zeke like, Elliott is probably not coming back in Dallas, right? So no, 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 no. I know what you're <laughs> saying, but like, but they just, but they're they're dealing with that on Zeke now. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like Zeke was a great player three, yeah, yeah, for, two, three years ago, yeah. and he slowed down. So like, are you, if you're Dallas, do you do you look at that and say, well, you know, I, I you know, like I I just I'm just went through this with Zeke Elliott. So do I want another running back in the back end? I think that's the problem with yeah. it is like if you're looking at it, you're saying, All right, like maybe I get a year or two of great play out of Nick Chubb, but then where am I? Or am I better off? I mean, remember, Pacheco was a seventh round pick. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Like yep. that's the thing about it. Like I you know, I 
McCaffrey brought a second, third, and a fourth. That's it. I'd rather have Nick Chubb than a second. Yeah. McCaffrey's got great passing game value. Yeah, absolutely. And he still only got a second, third. I'm saying I'd rather have Nick Chubb than a second, third, and fourth. But you're missing this. We need volume. We got a lot of holes to fill here. I'm aware. (laughs) I'd still rather have Nick Chubb. And if you're trying to win, you can win more with Nick Chubb than without him. Jason, that's that's the point I'm trying to make here. Yeah. And like I, I like I, I do think does it come to a point where the trade isn't worth giving up the player? Exactly. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes. Like, he's meant so much Sometimes. Like, just as far as like what Nick Chubb is a is a tone setter, right? Mm-hmm. Like and what he's meant to your locker room and how important he's been culturally for what you've built. And he's not the loudest guy, but he sets a great example for everybody yeah. else. There's no and question I know about the way that. they feel about him. And your identity's been built around him really offensively since Stefanski got there. So at what point do you look at it and say, the draft pick ain't worth it? That's right. I guess I I go back to this, Albert. If the style is not going to mess with what gets Watson his money off, right, then you have a a conflict here, right? No matter what he's doing in the the locker room. I'm saying that there's a way to make it work. Like, and I, and that's why I use the Pacheco example. Okay. I think like what Kansas city is doing with Isaiah Pacheco right now I got you. is like sort of what the way it would look like where it's like, maybe you're not handing him the ball 25 times in a game, you know, but like he is back there to make defenses pay for getting light on you, you know, like, and putting the extra defensive back out there on you. Okay. Um, I think you see it with Joe Mixon, you know, in Cincinnati to a degree, like Joe Mixon is 230 pounds and when they're running three receivers out there four receivers out there and joe burrow's throwing it all over the yard now all of a sudden there are six defensive backs out there that makes you know it's gonna have trouble I mean, I mean you know you know it's gonna have trouble tackling a 230 pound running back is those defensive backs yeah right so i think that that's sort of how chubb would fit into i got you. what i think will be a reimagined offense in cleveland Albert, let me give you one last question before we let you get out of here. It's not really about the Browns. It's about one of our AFC North foes. The Baltimore Ravens, what are they doing with Lamar Jackson? Um, Did they eventually get a deal done? Have they soured on him a little bit? Um, What are your thoughts about what Lamar Jackson wants and what his value is and and how they're going to work that out in Baltimore? Yeah, I don't think they've soured on him. Like, I I don't think that's the right way to characterize it. I I think there's just a a fundamental issue with – um, the way the contract's going to be structured. The Ravens are willing to pay him at the top of the market, but they'll only do it on a traditional quarterback contract. Lamar wants something like what Deshaun Watson got, which is a fully guaranteed contract. And it's tough to bridge that. You know, there are ways creatively you can, you know, fix some of it, but it's tough to really bridge that gap. And so I think the, I think the one thing about Lamar that makes this unpredictable is he's a different guy and i think like this isn't about chasing money i think there's part of this as principle and i think the best way to explain that is if you're lamar jackson and you just put your body on the line for five years at an unprecedented level for a quarterback right no quarterback has ever carried the ball as much as he carried it the last five years mm-hmm. and it's starting to chip away at your health like the first three years in the league he was relatively healthy the last two he finished the year in- injured and now you've done all of that and you've put your body on that on the line that way for your team. And now your team is putting a contract in front of you 
that gives the team injury protection three or four years ago, how are you going to look at that? Three or four years from now, how are you going to look at that? You know, I, so I think that that's a big part of it is the principle of it um, for, for Deshaun, for, uh, for Lamar Jackson. And I, I don't know like what, I don't know what's going to bridge that gap. I do think that there's a genuine desire on both sides to get something done, but this is definitely a lot more awkward than it was a year ago. Yeah. Hmm. Albert, we appreciate you uh, for coming on and spending a little time with you. Uh, we'll definitely talk to you soon. And uh, we got to get you a Bobcat helmet back there, too. No, nah, no, nah, he got a nice sweatshirt <laughs> on. Everything <laughs> looks Bobcat great. Helmet, it looks, it looks, it looks I great. got a couple of them. We can get you another one, man. <laughs> Man, I, wait, wait, the, the, the white one, or do they have alternate ones now? They got like the matte black hey, ones, right? You, uh, say, say no more. All you, if you want the matte black one, we get you together now. But it got to go right <laughs> over here. I don't know what this little left hand one is, but we'll get you together, man. I think I need to update my Ohio State one too. I think that could, I think you need to use one with like a visor and a little some more Buckeye leaves on it. A little swag, man. We could get you a Tyvis yeah. Powell signed one. How about that? There you go. I, I would like that. You guys can send that right along. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds so excited. Not. <laughs> you guys need my address. <laughs> <laughs> Social security cut number and your mother's name. <laughs> if you don't mind, just so we don't get lost in the mail. Uh, Albert, we appreciate you. Thank Thanks, you, sir. Albert. Albert. All right, guys. My goodness. Yeah, we, we got to get you to see. For my, for my money, he is the most tied in. I don't count the NFL Network, guys. That's that's inside. He's on top, he's on top, he's on top of his game. Albert yeah. is the best national. But you, you see reporter. my thinking here. We're like I'm really trying to improve my team. Of Sometimes course. you have to give up things. Yeah. Right? You, no, not give up things. You have to start thinking outside of the box here. Yeah. Right. So if you, because if what I heard Albert say is this: if you try to get Deshaun's money, Deshaun Watson's money off. We have to change how he plays, right? So now it's a lot of things are going to change, right? So I everything's was, in the mix here. And by the way, he just said what I've been saying all year and got destroyed for <laughs> was, was that for? they threw a grenade into the friggin' locker room in March and it sabotaged the entire yeah. season. Nobody yeah. wanted to hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He just said it. <laughs> yeah, you listen. I've said it all year. Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> they wrote that grenade right in there. Wow. That when you seven and ten. But but it's and it's it's hard to redo the offense when you're not going to have the dude for eleven games. So that's what this time is for. He 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 says. And Brissett really does have a different skill set. Like they're not oh, the same. Oh, it's night and day. I mean, yeah. yeah. When he yeah. said he's gonna have to, they gonna really have to think and get in the lab to get this thing different. I think it's going to be a, a much different offense than we've so seen. So if you, if you tell me, I, I go back to and Nick's a great locker room guy, right? Quiet guy. But he's used to these carries, right? And these yards. And if that changes, I've seen people change on you. Okay, right? so, <laughs> so I mentioned it to Albert. So Carolina trades Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco for a second, a third, and a fourth, and a future fifth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get that much for Nick Chubb. Yeah, right. You're going to make that trade. Say you could. Say a team would offer you a second, a third, and a fourth. Are you trading a second, a third, and a fourth? Or are you trading Nick Chubb for a second, a third, and a fourth round pick? Because you're not going to get more than that. You're you lucky a, if you're uh, going to get that. Second, third, fourth, and, and a future five. I I'm not doing it. I can't do that. No. Because, because that, that, that Nick Chubb is worth more to the Browns than the At least if all those fails, right? If Deshaun Watson fall off a cliff, he yeah. get hurt. At least I know I can win seven games handing that dude the ball 100,000 mm. times. Here you go. Which they won't do, but 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 point theoretically taken. speaking, you are right, G. Brad, the just to the last point on this, we'll move back to the bold predictions in Europe next, Brad. But the running back market is weak. 
they do are not valued around the league. Yeah, and teams just draft running backs and replace them, even good running backs. Well, yeah. I mean, struggle to get second they, contracts. They're on a two, three year window. I, I mean, That's all it is. Could you say the same for, for receivers? I mean, they gave up Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, the human cheat code. And they still had the number one offense in football. Well, I'm waiting for somebody else to drop me some Tyreek Hills. We need some Tyreek Hill love. Go get rid of him. I need, we need about three, four receivers. Come on yeah. now. Chase, uh, Chase ready to leave Cincinnati? Yeah, right. <laughs> we need Chase. And Chase. We have two more bold predictions to get to. Brad, you're up next. This okay. is my version of Brad's bold prediction okay. for this weekend. Can anyone figure out what this is? Uh, we show you the real one. Burrow is the king of the jungle. Ooh, that was quick. That was quick. That was that was very good. Brad actually went a little further. Let's see Anthony's. A little crying Jordan on Mahomes. You like Since that touch? Win the Super I'm, Bowl. Glad, I'm glad someone yeah, noticed yeah, that, Brad. I had yeah. to throw it in there for you. you. See, that's not a crying Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, look. Yeah, look. I know they don't want to hear that in this town. Hey, man. This is how this is trending. Hey, listen, man. The Bengals winning the Super Bowl be put. I don't know why it puts that much pressure. It's different for the Steelers. And the Ravens winning because, you know, they didn't already won before right. we already put them on the pedestal. But when you start talking about the Bengals winning Super Bowls going back to back, that hurts your heart. That's a quarterback. That hurts your soul. So, uh, I like it. I, I like it, Mikey. I was close Thank on the you. guess. Thank you. But I tell you what, I tell you what. No, hold on. The Jordan emoji, man. I don't. I, I, I didn't know what put the Jordan down. emoji Stop was playing. for. What was the Jordan emoji for? It was for? on Mahomes because everybody else is crying. Is it Mahomes? Everybody else crying. Did that say he? No, it's Mahomes because he lost. <laughs> it's Mahomes because he lost. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna thank you, you, Jason, for understanding. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this though. I'm with you. I've never heard this town is like. They're really upset that Cincinnati even talking about winning, winning anything. Have you heard this in this town? They're well, like, if you cheer for Cincinnati around here, oh, people are not, well, they're not it, having it. Well, look, last year it was the the Odell Beckham remnants of Cleveland. <laughs> right. We, lo- we want to support him. But then people's like, oh, I love Joe Burrow. Right. And it's just like, I mean, I get it last year, but if they win this year, they ain't your division, dog. Well, then that means you got to step your game up. Again, if you want optimism, the Browns have been three and three in the division the last couple of years against what I think is the best division of football. If you can go three and three, and they've never won four since they've come back, they were that close to winning four games in the division. They, they threw two of them games away. They're not that far. They're really not. I know I was only okay. four and a half on the confidence meter, but I really don't think they're that far. If Deshaun gets back to playing like Deshaun, well, I say if you if if they make the moves necessary and demonstrate they can, it, it's not that difficult to do. But you no, have to, you have to commit to it. The Jaguars. You, you have to believe in it. Somebody the, has to believe in it. The Jaguars got Christian, Christian Kurt. They tra- drafted Travis A.T. Hey, the Jaguars like are the Browns two years ago. It's the exact same thing. First year coach, number one overall pick at quarterback. They surprised people. Mahomes got hurt against them in the playoffs. They won a playoff. It's the ex- now. Let's see if Jacksonville can do what Cleveland did not right. and continue progressing over the next that. couple of years. Right. I'll give okay. you that. What are you doing? We have one more. Jason, if you guys guess this, Uh-oh. then you guys are savants. Uh, Jason, let's take yours oh, this is full. How'd one. I do? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. It is pretty good. G. Bush looks like he's – I've never seen someone so bad as G. Bush right now. Like, I don't know why we, I'm confused. I see the bubble thoughts. I'm trying so hard. Like, it's just like – why do I, I don't get the heart joints? I don't understand the heart in the. They like the OC coordinator. Uh, uh, I, I don't even know who that man in the top <laughs> left hand corner. 
<laughs> who is that stranger? That's the that he's like on a, the Browns coaching staff. Hey, that look like a person you tell your kids don't talk to him on the street. Yeah. He's don't on the Browns coaching staff. Who is that? That's the Browns QB coach. Stranger yeah. danger. Yeah, that's, no, that's the Browns quarterback off, coach. So he wants to. Uh, is 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 it? Is this got something to do with turning the play calls over? All right, let's take say. Anthony's. Let's see Anthony's. Philly's defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, becomes Houston's head coach this week and will name Drew Petzing his offensive coordinator. Misspelled Petzing, but that's okay. No one hey, it wouldn't be an Anthony Gannon if it misspelled Petzing. said bold predictions. That's pretty bold. Do you remember real quick? Do y'all remember how like Picasso always did one stitch wrong or one like brushstroke wrong in his painting, so he would be a traditional. Anthony's always got one letter wrong. Anthony's always got one letter wrong. Anthony's signature on a graphic. Come on, man, my face matches right now. Mine was better than Anthony's, I think. Yeah, I do. I think yours is good. Yours is better. Anthony's. Anthony's was so bad, I had to give him the two faces. That was terrible. What is? What is this? That's pretty good. I this like could it. be anything. That's yeah. Jonathan Gannon that, with the Texans logo because he's going to be the new head coach. That says they got good sausage in Texas. And he'll take Drew Penzing <laughs> as his offensive coordinator. That says. That Jason, I appreciate it. $5 footlongs. Man, I, I, <laughs> look, I don't know. Look, I didn't know none of them dudes. None of them dudes. <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you know. Gannon's a Cleveland dude. He's a Clevelander. This is the reason Mount why. Union. This is the difference between writers and pretenders. Writers, writers be knowing all, all kind this, of all names. This, all the stuff. OC. He was in Dallas for two years. He had a cup of coffee with the Packers. <laughs> he went to John Carroll. He's a, he's part of the Shanahan. That's our tree. job, man. It's our oh, job, bro. Who is that dude? That's Mr. Clean. <laughs> so he went to Mount Union. <laughs> Y'all ready to make some official picks for this weekend? Yes. Jason, yes. you're up first, but first, let's get the standings up here, Steve. We have two tied atop the leaderboard, and we have one way in the basement. And I mean way in the basement, Steve. Let's take the standings. Oh, my goodness. Tyvis and Brad are tied at six and four. Everyone else is in the middle, 500. And Jay. How did I lose? Jay's bad. Hey, I was five and one the first week. I went zero oh and four last Back. weekend. See, yeah, I think that was me. That was me too. Zero oh and four. That's the problem. Is Jay was probably arguing with somebody and changed his in the middle of an argument. Nope. Jay, Jay's <laughs> the only one that hasn't changed his pick so far. That well, is a legit two, two and eight. And eight? What, yep. was, what was I? Oh. You were four and one, uh, five and one the first week, and one and three last week, Brad. Ooh. Dang. But okay, Let's get Jason, back on the your board. picks quickly because we do have one more segment we got to get to. Uh, I, the Bengals Chiefs, they've taken off the board. That line has fluctuated so much, but I took the Bengals early. The Bengals were getting a point and a half. Well, now it changed. But uh, that, that was when we sent it out on Thursday morning. So oh. that was the lines we used from Thursday morning. All right, well, I may not have gone with that, but I'm sticking with it now. I like the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. I like the Bengals a lot more getting one and a half than giving one and a half, but I'll still stick with the Bengals. All right, fly, next up, fly. take the next card. Steve, I think it's uh, Brad. G, G, excuse me, G. Smiling because he's a book it. I still got my first two teams ready to – a Purdy is in the building. One of the biggest – oh, man, what a feel-good story that is, right? We need to, we need to get one of the Yeah, get back stories. to me Monday. Hey, if, if Purdy picks it off, hey, I got the San Francisco uh, 49ers, you know, right now, I think Kyle Shanahan is in, in the zone. He's calling up plays, dialing them up. Love it. Kansas City, I can't go against the Chiefs right now. Patrick Mahomes, even though he hurt a little bit, man, these dudes just keep winning. Uh, Andy Reid just keeps getting done. And G. Bush, matching. <laughs> you and last but not least, Brad. Well, I'm, a, I'm, in the, I'm in the camp with my man Jason Lloyd here. Philly, uh, I'm going to take the points with Philly. 
and uh, I'm gonna think that Cincinnati's gonna bring it in, right? And so uh, your boy uh, Mahomes got here, and uh, Purdy, Purdy gonna probably be dating Dak Prescott's girlfriend since he let her go last <laughs> night. Oh my goodness! So, I mean, that's what that's what Purdy got to look for. So y'all telling me, y'all telling me, Joe Burrow is on deck. You telling me Joe Dur Joe Burrow is about to unseat Patrick Mahomes as no. the best of the league? No, you can't come in after missing. We had these conversations all week, my man. You coming in hot? You missed these? This no. Is what's happening? Hey, two things real quick. Uh, this is from the ultimate Cleveland sports fan. Welcome back, Big G. My condolences to you and your family. Good to have you back. We also reiterate that. I do want to say memberships, as always, we can't go a show without promoting Absolutely. our membership tiers. $1.99 a month is for the starters tier. You get loyalty badges, custom emojis, just like you see out there on their stick figures. We Members only these. community posts for $4.99 a month. You get all the starters tier perks plus overtime videos, member shout-outs, discount codes for merch, and more. Today's overtime segment is viewer questions. Have a bunch of good ones. And also on February 8th, it is our comedy special, Spectacular. <laughs> Tickets are on sale. We'll drop the link in the chat. Come hang out with us. We're going to hang out afterwards, have a few drinks. So should be a great time. This is going to be funny. It is going to be fun. We may not be funny, but I promise you, you will laugh. My, my, at by the way, us. my parents is coming to that. Awesome. We got, we got a whole squad coming. We got a whole squad coming. Okay. This is a new segment, guys. I wanted to end Friday on a, a funny note, a happier note. You know, head us into the weekend with some good positive vibes. Do you guys remember Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis? Of course. Okay. That, I used to love that little YouTube sketch, uh, sketch segment, whatever you want to call it. So what you guys don't see before the show is Tyvis gets here on Wednesdays an hour and a half early. He just he drives from Columbus. He's always here early. And the conversations between him and Director Steve about sports takes are phenomenal. So this is what I call in front of the fake ficus in the UCSS sports production room. Steve, play it, and we'll react after. Have you ever been on Jay's boat? No. Okay. I ne neither me. So question <laughs> for you. So in uh, college basketball, okay. it's a half. Mm -hmm. Basketball is a quarter. Uh, professional football and college football are quarters. Okay. In hockey, it's a period. Yes. Why wouldn't it be a third? He makes a valid point. What is wrong with him, man? What is wrong with him? A third? You have a quarter and a half, but it's a period. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be a third? I don't. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> Why does, is that what you think? What is the matter with you? Is that what you think about? I'm just asking. <laughs> period. <laughs> Quarters. Periods. What is the matter with halves. you? Halves. Why would it thirds? Because there's four quarters, two halves. What's a period? I no no. No, no, because you, you, you confusing the people. First, third, second, no, third. No, you're going to confuse everybody. Just, just periods. Okay. So that is the first edition of In Front of the Fake Bro, Fake. I think he's Steve right. Tivis. I'm going to watch the third third of Boston and Philly tonight. And I don't know if they're actually playing it. I don't like hockey. I don't watch hockey. But that's a great point, Steve. It is. You're right. It is. Call them thirds. Ah, yeah. Them third. I I kind of with you, Steve. Though I don't understand why they name them like like the first, first, third, second, third, third, yeah, I third. I don't yeah. understand. It. Third, third's a little weird. And why? And, third, third is definitely weird. And, and why? Why do you go from yeah, quarters in high school to yeah. halves in college to then? Except for if you, except for if you're the girls, you go back to quarters. What, like I don't get that. What like? 
I don't know why the man went to the halves. So, I mean, and, and and ain't the shot clock different? Ain't the shot clock like one? The shot clock's like half the half in college. Right, it's like, long. It's like you, forty-five seconds. And I oh, and you, women thirty seconds. And what about men's? It's like forty-five. I thought it was thirty-five. I, 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 no, women are thirty. I don't know what the men are. It, see, that's men are thirty now too, Brad. Hey, when it used to be forty-five, or am I just nuts? I think it, it used might to be thirty-five. And, and McNuggets, you know me. You know this. This, this so much college basketball. This college basketball. So I hate where they they get a rebound. And they be dribbling and they kick it back out and run run motion for 45 more seconds and then got these assistants. Good job! Good job! <laughs> Pass it around! Cut! Scream! I'm like, bro, why do y'all got 96 assistants? And why is one person's job just to get the chairs out? I hate college basketball. <laughs> that's, the, that's the manager. Uh, it's just, just, yeah, good job! Pass it around! <laughs> we got a good shot! Oh, we want 10 passes before we can get one shot. That's why y'all don't got no dudes coming out of the league. Y'all garbage. This is why <laughs> nobody watches college basketball because you want to just sit around. Your shorts are smaller. You pass the ball all the time. You let dudes that ain't no good and they can keep the camera on the coach. Tom Izzo. <laughs> what a great coach Tom Izzo. This, this team is just so much grit and determination. Bro, you play basketball. You didn't even tackle nobody. <laughs> we need to talk about grit. These guys just pass the ball with mm. 96 assistants and the guys that are behind them that are tryhards. Yeah, good job. No, the guy you play in front of is terrible. You should be playing, but you're terrible. I hate college basketball and no one watches. I don't even watch a tournament no more. I like your mascots. I'd rather watch your mascots. Uh. Uh, everybody watches the tournament. Geek. Yeah, we watch the tournament. Watch the tournament. Especially because of gambling. Yes, yes, because of what? Gambling. Gambling. <laughs> and, and, and now gambling is ready to go. But guess what? Can we announce something? Can we get that off? Do we, we we cannot make we can't make that announcement? I mean, I guess yeah. Bet Jack is now officially a sponsor of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. <laughs> yeah. At least the next eight weeks. Yep. Yes. Let's put a happy face up. Happy that. face that is, oh, emoji. Yeah, put the happy face. That up. is good. This Bet happy Jack. face. See y'all don't y'all happy face. This is what I'm talking about. See uh, see Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Y'all, y'all thought we was gonna fall off. We're not falling off. We're not gonna fall off. Everybody's like that little two-hour show. That little two-hour show you guys are. How many months we in? Six, what? What? Twenty? Thirty months? How many months we in? Eight. No, it's only nine. Nine, nine months. Nine months. Twenty or yeah, nine. Twenty or nine works well. Shout out to them. Um, one one ninth or seventy-five percent of a year in Steve's terms. <laughs> by, <laughs> by the way, no, you don't get discounts on gambling. They will take your money just the same. Uh, <laughs> you get nothing. So does that mean we're entering the fourth fourth? Yeah, probably. We're officially entering the fourth fourth. The fourth yes. fourth. That's crazy. If, if we're going off Steve's logic, should we just call baseball ninths? Like it's the, the ninth ninth? <laughs> it's the ninth oh ninth. No, no, don't be messing with Stop. my baseball. Stop. Yeah, look, don't Steve be messing with my baseball. Stop. No clock. Stop. Man, no. Leave, leave good things alone. Let it roll. Let it roll. Let it roll. What we got, McNuggets? That's it. That's, That's a great all we got. It's been a great uh, listen, here, here's what's on deck for next week. Uh, let me make sure I can announce some of this stuff. I've been in talks with Hollywood Higgins, who wants to come on next week. Man, shout out to Higgins, man. We're going to get the rundown from him. He ain't no longer in the city. We he was in Carolina last he year. He was in Carolina. I, I messed with Hollywood Higgins. I like him, man. He's, by the way, I used to say on my uh, podcast, he's always open. Mm. Hollywood is always open. Yeah, he's been DM, me and him have been DMing. He's launching a new YouTube channel. We'll do a little cross promotion. Uh, okay, okay. I believe if you believe Jay Crawford, which I tend to believe, Stephen A. Smith will come on at some point next week. Ah, uh, listen, we've been trying. We've been working on this. Stephen angle. A. did say he would come on, and I did see the text. I will come on sometime within the next week, and that was sent on Thursday. So now, hopefully does, he comes through. He's promoting a book, and Adam Richmond, Man vs. Food, also going to come on next week. We when we get all these top-notch people, mm -hmm. is there anything we can't ask Stephen A. Smith? 
Uh, we'll have to ask Jay. We'll have to ask Jay. But he did. He was on a podcast the other day. He answered questions about Skip. So, ah uh, man, we got better questions for him then. Yeah, I, I want to ask I, him I, about his comments about being a. Well, you know what? We'll save it for Stephen. No, we, we, we'll I, we got Stephen we got much better questions asked than that, man. We, we, we worry about that. Stay off the weed. We got to ask him who he's talking about. <laughs> now listen, man. All right, we out. Peace. Have a good weekend. OT coming up. See you in a sec.